Welcome to the Gymnasio Podcast, where you get to peek behind the curtains of what it takes to create and run a seven-figure fitness facility that ranks in the top 5% of boutique fitness studios for revenue. But to be honest, that's the least important thing about us. Founded by me, Michael Hughes, Gymnasio has created an ecosystem of services that blend performance with restoration techniques and attracts top coaches to its facility. Hosted by its owners, Peyton and myself, and our top coaches. This podcast shares our best practices on everything from how to build a sustainable fitness business to how to program for maximum results to how to build a hybrid training module that's online and in person. We have marketing secrets, movement innovation, and breaking down trends in the industry. If you're a fitness professional or a fitness business owner, this is where you learn how to sharpen your skills and to see maximum results. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Gymnazo podcast. I am your host, CJ Kobliska, the director of programming here at Gymnazo. And I've got uh, one of my favorite people that I feel like I've met in past lifetimes and even in future lifetimes. Uh, he is the creator of Steel Mace Flow. He's got quite the history and quite the, uh, quite the following right now and the community right now in Steel Mace Flow. It uh, really opened my eyes to what flow can be and what the expression of myself really feels like and looks like um, through using a steel mace. Um, so welcome on, Leo, first of all, man. It's great to have you on. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the invitation and uh, everybody out there watching. Thank you for your time. Uh, I feel like we've known each other too, right? Like, But this is the thing that happens when you see somebody who moves. You go, you, you just can reflect on your journey. You can acknowledge that they've gone on a journey and it's, there is a, a brotherhood or a, a, a kinship that's formed from watching somebody move. Um, I, I keep up with you online and you keep up with me online. And so we have known each other for a while. Um, you know, one of my favorite moments in, in uh, your post is you in your own habitat. Like you've created a, a dojo. I like to say a dojo rather than a gym at home you know, an in-home gym, it's not as romantic, uh, but you've got this dojo at your home that you work out. And I believe we tested uh, you for Steel Maceville level one in, but just like seeing you groove in that space and you express yourself in your authenticity has allowed me to go, ah, I, I feel like I know that guy. And that, you know, that's probably what you're dealing with too, man. We're movers. Yeah. Really? You gotta have your space. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. holding space for so much for yourself, for others around you, especially coaching. Um, it really is a dojo. I call it the dojo too. And I think I've been inspired by, especially since the pandemic, everybody's, you know, at home gyms have developed and morphed into more dojo like and holding space like settings where it's not just equipment that you're moving around and throwing around. It's movement that you're learning to express yourself deeper with and learn more about yourself and uh, essentially the, the forces around you and within you. You know, just I know it's a little bit off topic, but um, the difference What's the name between, of the game here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of the name game, uh, the difference between a gym and a dojo in my uh, in my years. So my fitness career started out. My first movement practice was martial arts, and uh, I say I say that, and sometimes I get a weird reaction because people don't often look at martial arts as a movement practice. But when you tell somebody your first movement practice was martial arts, it opens up this whole world for them. Like whatever movement you're practicing, like there's this whole world of martial arts. That's movement that you could practice. Um, and so when I went to the dojo, the things I learned inside of it were for outside. Cool. Yeah. 
And then when I went to the gym, the things I learned inside of the gym were for inside the gym. Because the gym had the equipment. I didn't go outside and like just randomly bench press and squat things. Uh, but, I, you know, whenever I learned like a sidekick, uh, I'll never forget the day I learned a fucking sidekick, you know. And the thing that Shawn Michaels used to knock people out with on the WWF, for any of you uh, who are old wrestling fans. And uh, I couldn't learn it in the dojo. I couldn't chamber a kick and throw it. And uh, I went home and I practiced and practiced and practiced. And there was this tree and I just would kick the tree. It was with the bottom of my foot. So it wasn't like, like anything like wild, but I would just sidekick <laughs> this tree over and over. And uh, I realized like, hey, well, one, I learned a little bit different uh, than what's going on in the gym. Other people are picking this up. I have to go home and kind of teach myself um, how to chamber the kick and fire it. Um, but I, what I used inside the the karate space i always practiced all the time in my uh in my in the physical world you know outside of even when i bought pants man i had to make sure when i bought pants i could do karate kicks in them you know what i'm hey, saying that, that's that's the real test when you go try anything on i think it's pants like high kicks deep squats something something that's flowy something that's really extreme excessive yeah. but you gotta yeah. know it's like you stress test it yeah, it makes it makes sense <laughs> to me now, but um, yeah, so kind of kind of off the story, but that's that's how I like to think, you know, in flow. Um, it's my message to the world is to create flow, to live in flow. I remember the first time I found flow. Our different experiences when um, I found like the flow that stuck out to me and grabbed me, it activated my reticular activating system. Do you know what that is, CJ? Tell me, tell me more. Okay. Uh, a reticular activating system is like very simple. When you buy a Volkswagen and then you go drive, you're conscious that the car exists. You see Volkswagens everywhere. So your reticular, reticular, reti I can't even say it now. The reticular RAC, the system uh, is your ability to recognize a pattern like once it's, once it's already happened. Uh, what was I saying before that? Essentially, you, you tapping into the flow. You tapping into ah, that, the flow. that first yeah, time. Yeah. So once you got your flow that you really enjoy and you accept this flow state, then you can look back at your life and go like, when I used to play with my G.I. Joe's, I was in flow state. Yes. Like When I used to play like Lava Monster. You know what I'm talking about? Lava Monster as a kid, man. Dude, the floor you was would... really lava. You would really yeah. burn yourself. You turn but that you carpet. Would... You would see it before it happened, right? You'd be like, I'm going to jump down the slide. I'm going to hit the dirt. I'm going to uh, go this way. I'm going to hit the fence because I know the girls are going to go that way and they're slow. Lava monster is going to get them. Hit the fence and now I'm going to be up here before anybody. And so I can feel where I had moments of flow state. But flow state wasn't a word. It was a word in other languages like summoning your warrior spirit, getting in the fucking zone. Getting in yeah. the zone. I was in People the know zone. What that is. But, what, uh, uh, I got I to yeah. know, what was, what was kind of that uh, thing that activated that system that when you, was it like a lot of training beforehand and speak that you've heard of it and you're like, okay, this is something I want to pay attention to? Or was there a moment where you just got lost and time was not a thing and you were like, what was that? Like, what, was there something that was reflecting back at you like, oh, this is flow that first time that it really hit? Or was it like a gradual like filling of a bucket that then your bucket was full of flow and you're like, whoa, I recognized all these little drips that was within it. Now I can just keep filling this bucket up because I know ways to fill it. 
Yeah, so um, I've had quite a few uh, experiences where uh, like that. So I can just kind of take from um, just different journeys I've had. Um, uh, so here's a good place to start. Flow wasn't uh, in my consciousness because the word wasn't ever said. And so um, there's this saying, uh, with my words I create. And so one, once you have a premise for a word, then you can start um, creating. And um, uh, the first time I heard the word flow or saw the word flow, um, there was a TRX video, and it was called, like, TRX Flow by Sarah, you know, and, um, I watched, I was super into TRX, I loved it, I loved TRX, it felt like gymnastics and weightlifting just, like, married each other, and so, um, I loved the, like, I loved the marriage of two worlds, like, uh, bodybuilding and then, like, being a very functional athlete and so i watched sarah do her trx thing and really all she was doing was a sequence um she would do one move transition to another position do another move transition to another position and she had this five minute choreograph choreographed routine she did and she just called it flow um and um I said, oh, flow, I need to go try that. Like, I know all the TRX moves. One of my favorite parts is transitioning. And um, I went into the gym and put together this pattern and found, like, my first hit of flow. Now, it wasn't this, like, um, super overpowering thing where um, I lost time. Uh, there was some time lost because I'm learning and I'm having fun and I'm creating. Uh, but it wasn't this like huge, it wasn't my calling. There's this thing in, you called your daemon. Daemon, not demon, mm -hmm. daemon. But it's your hey, calling. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's this, this mythological thing. When you find the thing you're looking for, you obsess over it. You dream about it. You get fucking tattoos on your hand over it. You just, you go. <laughs> and, um, you know, people say like, I want to find my calling. Um, when you're willing to give up everything that you've built, your complete identity, to go chase this thing down, you might have found it. Um, uh, but the first time I found flow with um, in that deep sense, uh, I have it on video. It was the coolest thing. Uh, I'll try and tell the story kind of fast because some people have heard it, but I'll slow down on, on some of the important parts. Uh, I saw this, um, uh, well, I was working at a UFC gym. Uh, a UFC gym is a big box gym, so they have traditional training, but they highlight um, kickboxing classes and functional training like your favorite MMA athlete. And so it was my job to train people in kickboxing, but also give them like state-of-the-art um, like UFC fighter training, mixed martial arts training. And uh, I would always watch mixed martial arts mixed martial arts athletes train, and I saw a um, an athlete training for a fight, and he was hitting a uh, a tire with a sledgehammer, and he was doing it with one hand. I've never seen anybody swing a sledgehammer with one hand. I've never I'd never seen it. 
Have you ever seen it? I mean, now, now I have, but yeah, yeah, but it was just like, it was this crazy thing. And I thought this dude was so strong. And I thought, um, I had this thought of, man, if I would have got a black belt in sledgehammer, I would be so strong right now. I would be, I was like, I would be the strongest person imaginable. And I went to the gym and I picked up this sledgehammer. It's not very well lit. I picked up this sledgehammer and I found my calling. I swung the hammer around, lost track of time, lost track of critic. My inner critic turned off. I was in flow so hard. My first flow looked looked bad, man. It looks it looked super bad, and I I couldn't tell because I was high on flow. I found my calling, my thing, and I'm just, I, I fucking go for it. And, um, you know, uh, I had this awakening, um, one of many big awakenings. And I went online and I just searched everywhere, like, hammer workouts. And there was, like, no hammer workouts. And it was, like, I end up going down every rabbit hole I can trying to find somebody who's practicing martial arts with a sledgehammer and the closest I can get is like some Chinese Kung Fu. Uh, they have a lot of pole arm, uh, a staff with some type of implement on it, like a spear, a big blade, a pole, and then like some type of attachment. And so there were, there was nothing. I couldn't, I, I couldn't believe it. Like there was, I felt like I stumbled onto something like i got a download like just this free gift and it it came super easy uh the movements they came so easy that i was convinced that there was somebody else doing this like this is so cool it's so rewarding my body started to change physically change and um here's the thing if you're happy you're gonna grow i mean prove me wrong if you're happy, you're going to grow. You're going to grow in whatever direction you're headed in. I was on this fitness journey. I was fulfilling my calling. I'm you know, moving every day, creating uh, uh, uncharted central nervous system uh, inputs, just getting pumped full of life. And uh, I look stupid, man. <laughs> I look so bad. <laughs> but uh, I didn't care. I didn't care what other people thought. And it was... It just kept growing and growing. It was this. It was a, a personal practice, which I think everybody should have. Everybody and you. Pro, everybody has one. It just depends on how you look at it. I like a personal practice that's full of uh, personal development, and you can continue to go to every day. Uh, not to perfect the same move, but to perfect or create new moves or new, create new stuff, and. Uh, the mace or the sledgehammer, uh, because there were no moves every day was this exploration of like of self. Like I've never been able to meditate. Dude, I wanted to be a samurai hanging out with the with a monk on top of a mountain meditating all day. But I couldn't sit still my whole life. I can't fucking sit still. How am I going to... I can get to the top of the mountain, no problem. But you want me to sit by this guy? No way, I can't sit. Okay. Um, and, but moving, I found a way to move my emotions. I found a way to meditate. And I found a way to be with myself. 
Dude, my life has been chaos, man. I don't know if you've seen my tattoos, but I got the tattoos of a fucking warrior. Dude, I want to dive into those too. There's so many things I want to break down in there because there's like bits of gold and wisdom that I think um, our listeners heard, but there's, there's a lot of depth to it. And one being the downloads and two being the, uh, the emotional moving, right? You're, you're shifting things out of you. And um, I think those two go hand in hand, one being a download on how to, how to move emotion or just move energy. That's, it's like your body kind of just soaks stuff up and then we identify with those things, but they're not really us. It's just other parts of energy that then kind of over time creates who we are and some things we don't choose and other things we do, but a lot of things we don't choose, it ends up either taking us down a whole spiral that we don't want to go through a lot of like depression, um, anger, frustration, boredom, um, lack of interest and stuff. And, um, that moving of that energy, like that's what I think emotion really is, is energy in motion. And when it becomes stuck and stops moving, that's when we start to identify with these little, um, emotional pieces that are like, we think that we're an angry person or a frustrated person or a depressed person. And we say we are this when those are just little things that are meant to pass through us and teach us something that I think there's an opportunity when we pick up anything or just move our body. If we're open to it, receptive to it, there's going to be some kind of download. And I want you to kind of dive into what you mean by download. See if we're like on a, on a similar wave here, or if you can teach me something about um, what is it? What do you mean by download? on your body or your, your emotion. Okay. So, uh, moving emotion, I can rift on that a little bit, uh, fairly easy. Um, but the download's challenging. So let's go for that. Cool. Word I started saying recently, you ever heard, hear some people say some slang and you're like, I'm never going to say that. (laughs) But then you you say it, um, no cap, bro. Bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hang, I hang out in the spiritual community, and they use weird words like uh, toxic masculinity, divine masculinity, divine feminine, feminine, and and uh, one of the words they say is downloads. And I quote: I took some ayahuasca, and I got a download from the other side. When I came back, I knew my mission, and I went for it, and I built this thing based off of a download. Uh, A download, from what I gather, is when your shit's so clear that you can listen to yourself. Like, I get it. Like, maybe there's some things out there. There's some energies. But I think the download for me is when you clear out, I don't think, for me, the download is when I can clear the shit out and I can listen to myself. And I can find that right answer out of the sea of the thousands of answers. Um... And download for me, because you've done all the right things and you're in the right spot. Hey, you did the wrong things to get there. So so when I mean you did all the right things, remember that time you fucked up and you got the F in chemistry? Yeah, that got you here. So you did all the right things to get you into the position to where when you had the information, it felt seamless. It was a download like click got it it wasn't like the old dial-up download this is the modern age download so i've started referring to that transference of thought uh into motion into the physical uh into uh wherever it goes from there as the download and um the uh moving emotion you're right 
uh, it means, well, for me, uh, we're right. <laughs> Energy and motion. <laughs> and um, so in order for somebody to show like uh, show emotion, like how does somebody do that? It's like with their physical being, right? Like you show emotion by like smiling. I like, I'm not, you're like moving emotion. So this is like what happens uh, when you move, there's emotion. When I was in martial arts, when I competed in any competition, the truth that they told me was if you are emotional, you'll make a rash decision. You'll make the wrong decision. Don't be emotional when you're being in competition. You know what I found out in martial arts is when I fucking yelled, I could break anything. There was a board, I couldn't break it. I yelled, I did my kia. I fucking broke it. You should have seen it. I was a little kid, wood just bust everywhere. They put a brick in front of me, guess what? I punched it, I was scared, I didn't yell, my fucking hand hurt. I looked at that brick, I, my, I got upset. Fucking on my hand. People are watching. I want to be a Ninja Turtle. This brick. Yeah! Brick blows up. <clears throat> Don't be emotional. So we're training weightlifting. Weightlifters, weight don't move your spine. Lock that bitch into place. Lift. No emotion. Body language is emotion. I have learned that when the heart sticks out, there's a certain posture. And when the heart hides behind your shoulders, there's a certain posture. And so if somebody is having a bad day and they want to express themselves in their workout or move some emotions around, if you have this tall, neutral, unexpressive posture, it's hard to move emotion. So what, I, what I've come to understand is that it, it is okay to train with emotion. Based on the philosophy, you are susceptible to getting injured in the ranges you don't train in. If you don't train your emotions, you're going to get hurt sometime. You're going to have a heartbreak. You're going to have a transition, and your heart can't handle it no matter how much the body's trained, no matter how many miles you can run. Problems still exist, you know. Um, so moving, uh, moving emotion for me was like, I can't do it sitting still. Let me move my body around and, and see if I can create meditation. Um, there's so much there, man. Um, I mean, just think about the people that we work every day, work with every day. Some people, this is their hour or two hours to just not think about the, the outside world, what happened before, what happened after. It's just that hour and um, or that two hours, whatever it is. And by the end of that time, they, they leave with a smile on their face or just a shifting or a transforming of their, their energy just by, just by moving. And part of it is the atmosphere, mm -hmm. the environment that you're in, right? If people are talking down on you, you got negative self-talk and all these pieces, you might not experience that, but with the right space, the right dojo and the right kind of um, bridge, knowing that at the end of this hour, you just gifted yourself this time to be you, to express you. I think it kind of starts out initially just as, as exercise, right? As like, okay, I got to do this exercise, this exercise, this exercise. And then the byproduct at the end is endorphins are just feeling better but it's like that's like the first chapter of the story that's just you becoming aware that you can transform your energy transform your your state of mind 
mm-hmm. by moving. And then the more you practice or start to focus on something specific, you've got a mace in your hands, a kettlebell, a rope. Um, maybe you're a competitive shooter and it's when it's the guns in your hand and you're shooting targets. Maybe you got a bow and arrow. Maybe it's when you're like, you, everybody kind of has their laser focus in a sense that yeah. they can, you can continue to find ways to intentionalize that transformation and internalize it. It's not just gonna happen as a byproduct. Now you can start to navigate and steer your way through. And I think in that process of discovery is where you can start to figure out your flow or understand you're navigating all these little things that have happened to you in your whole life. It could be something when you were five years old, could have been something a week ago. It could have been something this morning. It could have been something you're anticipating. You're holding on to these thoughts or ideas that are things that aren't right now. It's like you kind of get out of this presence, but then as soon as you start moving the sensations, the feelings, your body almost takes over and pulls you back in, pulls your mind back in. And now you have, you're like, you're in the captain's seat, right? You're like, which way do I want to go? And either you maintain your same patterning or whatever your program is, or you start doing something chaotic and shifting around and exploring um, that means to the outside look like, what the hell are you doing? Like, it doesn't look like there's any purpose, but internally you're just letting go of stuff that you've been holding on to, and your body's kind of figuring out the rest and I don't know. Does that resonate at all? Kind of that, that sense of navigating your terrain in your training, in your practice, that every time you come back, you learn to navigate yourself better or move more freely. And that's kind of a physical expression of what's going on within you. Like when it starts to look beautiful, it starts to feel graceful and elegant. Mm. That maybe not be the end goal in a sense, but that's kind of where you end up just by practicing driving right you're driving initially you put your hands on the steering wheel you're like i got just the wheel and okay maybe i'm stick shift i got to think about just how i'm driving but once you've figured out how to drive now you're going to figure out where do i want to go and now you're just out cruising you're going to like i'm, I'm going to go just drive around the, the neighborhood i'm going to go drive around the city i'm going to go on a road trip it's the mm-hmm. same kind of thing with yeah. your practice and your movement in the sense that you're learning how to drive you're learning how to turn the stereo on eat a sandwich throw it into third mm-hmm. gear and then take a sip of your water or whatever you got all at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like you, you can either do distracted driving or you can do intentional pieces while you're driving or you can drive better. Right. Yeah, or you can drive better. I thought you were yeah. going to throw text messaging in there, but uh, I didn't want to throw know. that in there, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was tempting though. Um, so here, so here's something that will go along with that. Um, I, I did a, I'm a sneaky coach. Yeah. I like to, I like to, sneak lessons in there like uh mr miyagi or yoda or mr yoda some drip some drip education drip wisdom here we are with some more words i'm learning this stuff okay drip uh, <laughs> i did this post and i asked uh people uh what was more what's more difficult uh, uh expressing yourself or, or lifting weights and uh what would you think the majority of people said which one's tougher I think they'd say lifting weights. So Morphe people thought it was more difficult to honestly express themselves than than to lift weights. And of course, there were some people who were like, man, expressing myself is easy, but getting into the gym is difficult. Right. But here's the trick or the the lesson, not the trick. I can't trick my students. I need to give lessons. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) At the infancy of lifting weights is an expression. When you think, I need to lift weights, well, why? Well, I want to be bigger, I want to be stronger, I want to be, I am expressing myself, there's a want. And so it was beautiful to see the post because um, 
I asked, you know, everybody to be polite and said, hey, these are opinions and let's um, honor each other's opinions. But, um, you know, one person expressed small and then one person expressed big and then the weightlifter supported this person and this person supported this person. But nobody ever caught on that they were both doing the same thing, that lifting weights is a form of expression because it's that it's that personal practice. And and so it's not like. They're two different worlds. Like I'm talking about like, hey, I like to move my spine when I work out and some people don't. Uh, it's so easy to point out the things that are different, but the, the conversation about the things that we have in common is a beautiful and healing conversation. And just like the space that this podcast is holding, giving a space for many movers to come and coexist and learn from each other and point out and learn uh, I have more in common with this mover, which I guess is where we started the conversation. I feel like you're my brother uh, <laughs> or, you know, like uh, we've known each other in, in past times. You must, then, have, uh, uh, you must have entered the space. Yeah. Once, once, you, space once, of you can, once you can like recognize where flow is, you can recognize where it's been. When you can recognize a practice or create a personal practice of recognizing uh, the things that you have in common with people then in in a way you're putting yourself in their shoes which if you can put yourself in my shoes well then you can be open to seeing things uh that i see maybe not the way i see them but like hey i've gotten to know leo we have this common ground he's really into having amethyst crystals all over his place he says it helps his wi-fi signal out i think it's bullshit but i'm gonna try it no i just made all of that up <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it, it does help Wi-Fi. Does it? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so the journey, uh, the journey for me is not to be like uh, to tell people like um, uh, what's right or what's wrong. Actually, I like to stalemate uh, my own conversations um, to have it both ways. Even if me and you are agreeing on we're talking about cannabis, which is something that I practice and have enjoyed. I'm going to give the counter argument uh, to um, stalemate the conversation uh, because I like there to be um, more than one right answer. I like you're, you're, right you're a challenger at heart, man. You're a challenger. That's good. We need those in the world. Somebody yeah, who sees the, their side and sees another, but more so just there's not sides and sides. It's like there's a, it's lenses and you can share your lenses, but by putting those lenses on somebody else, they may be looking through the same lens, but with a different um, history and a different kind of focal point of how they're framing what they see, right? Based on yeah. based on your entire past and in your entire trajectory in the future. Those lenses, very similar like this practice, right? This practice will give you a lens. Steel Mace Flow gives you a lens. It gives you a paintbrush. It gives you a language. It gives you a lot of things that you can explore. There's a foundation set, but just like you take through anybody through the foundations, it's going to look a little bit different each of those foundations for every single person's body. And you had mentioned like emotional anatomy in a sense of, you know, that's what I love. It's a very subtle art of coaching is just like, instead of saying, Hey, fix your posture and thinking there's something wrong. It's, Hey, let your heart beam, let your heart shine, mm -hmm. show it, take command, or Hey, yeah. close yourself off, protect, you know, there's an expression mm -hmm. to that motion. It's not just a, a spine extension and a spine flexion. Like there's there's pieces happening within you that pull you and hold you into a specific, specific, uh, specific pattern or position that lends yourself to 
again, seeing through a lens differently based on how you're, you're currently holding yourself. Um, and if you're unaware of how you currently hold yourself based off of all these past things or past lives, meaning even in your current life that you're living, there could be multiple versions of you that's got you to this point. And they're like, mm. I don't even know who I was 10 years ago, but I needed to be that person to be who I am today. Yeah. And I think your subtle art of coaching and having this, I say drip education, because we don't want to just overwhelm somebody with what we know oh, God, or what I we see. <laughs> but it's, oh. you got to learn, right? <laughs> oh, man. I, I, yeah. When I first got into coaching Mace in the early days, and this is, of course, something I tell my students is like, it's a lot. Just kind of drip it in there. Don't. You know, uh, the practice is deep. Um, I have a, a doctor in um, Belgium uh, who uses still mace flow for um, to help treat clinical depression. And, you know, I was like, well, it's like, well, what, what's he doing? Why? Right. And like, what did he do to it? And they're like, nothing. He's just teaching your level one still mace flow based on the stories. And uh, he's, you know, he's, I, we'll see how his results are doing. I'm super excited that uh, somebody found something to treat people with mental health problems. Whenever I've yeah. introduced the mace to somebody who's a, a Western doctor, they're like, oh, asymmetric, light load, acceleration, deceleration, pivots, you know, but um, it was neat how uh, this, uh, somebody from another country is like, hey, this is, this is the thing that I choose to use it for um, and that's the thing that I use it for you know when I first um, I did mention when I first started teaching still mace I just threw it all at everybody mental health this is how you express this is how you meditate moving look this pose is called this wild name you're an ancient warrior they've been you know it was just it was too much and so um, when I became a businessman and I said okay well I'm going to teach still mace flow to the world I said, okay, well, what's the world currently accepting? And uh, I gave the world what they were accepting, which was the brass tacks on how to move with um, phrases that everybody could follow along with that you didn't need to be a PT or a personal trainer. You could just be a person who um, wants to get certified in something to better themselves. And so I wrote the uh, level one based on a foundations principle. And um, there's this funny thing, right? My foot, my buddy Mateo, we're in his backyard, we're talking, and we're I'm giving him mace lessons. And he's like, Leo, why the fuck do I feel like nobody knows this shit unless you're in the still mace flow underworld? And I'm like, yeah, I, I've been teaching the brass tacks so long. I haven't really dove into sharing the emotional aspect of it uh yourself you know you went through the still may flow level one online course and it was until the day you certified that i told you the meaning of uh the test and what it means and um which i'm sure brought more meaning in your coaching and the way you deliver and in your own personal practice and the way you see other people who move mace and um yeah i'm curious about that we could talk about that later yeah let's let's but, I mean, if you want to dive in a little bit more into um, that sure. language, let's, I think this is just super helpful because like you said, when I was going through this course, I, I picked up the mace about a year ago. I didn't even have one. I've never thrown a mace. I love sledgehammer stuff. I had two four pound sledgehammers that I was just fucking mm -hmm. around with spiraling. And this is in like 2018. Um, actually gone, I went to Peru um, after I'd explored for about six months of just a bunch of rotational 
coiling. I had no terminology though. It was just all feeling that my body was like getting pulled. Like I was, I feel my energy that was decreasing. I didn't want to go do stuff. I felt like it's like, is this depression? Is this just me being lazy? Is this me? Like I needed to go do something. I was having to do a lot of reflection and I had just finished a course with Dr. Joe Dispenza that was all like online about like manifesting your reality and understanding how emotions are not you and understanding how clear intent, clear intentions with an elevated emotion and you fully experiencing that internally and truthfully experiencing that pulls, you now become a gravitational pull for whatever you just saw and experienced. So whatever's happened has already happened. And now you're just going towards it because it's happened in the ah. quantum space that now in the physical, it'll catch up. Physical is just like the last element when we, that's what we experience. But when we go inside, sure. we see all these potentials. And once we latch on to one, we can go that way. So I was having a trouble like fully integrating that into my life. And so kind of fast forward, I was just exploring movement. I created movement exploration channel when I was in a, um, in a, a airport in Hawaii. And I just felt like stretching and I did like a 45 minute, um, time-lapse. And when I finished, I felt like this rush of joy and clarity that I was like, man, when I get home, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm, I now am aligned. And so I didn't know what that meant. I just journaled a lot. Right. And wrote down stuff, drew symbols. And it was like, ah, this is just, mm. I don't know what's going on, but this is my process, I guess. And th at that point too, then I had gone to Peru. I had an experience with San Pedro cactus and it was the shaman and with all these people and my wife. And um, I went in very confused, not knowing who my people were. And then I came out knowing who I was. And that was that I had no idea, right? I was okay with the fact that I had no idea who I was, hmm. but I was becoming. And so a lot of these pieces that came in, I had met DJ and Tom um, and a lot of other kind of movement practitioners, breath workers, yogis that had shared their journey a bit. And I felt like, okay, I just need to keep exploring and expressing. And then comes along WEC method. I go do WEC method and I got my first real like download where like that same terminology, like I felt when I left WEC method, I went back to whatever I was doing and I got better at whatever I was doing because of this weekend experience. I got faster. I got more efficiency. I wasn't worried about my timing on my runs anymore. I was worried about how good it felt. And I just got lost in it. You know, like you just come running downhill full speed going, I feel like I'm look like a maniac, but I felt so good. I got a huge smile on my face running down a mountain and then it comes along steel mace. And I was like, uh, this didn't feel right. And so, like, it was so weird. I was like, ah, so I, I bought a mace. I put it down and I was like, ah, I'll figure it out. But I realized now going through the course that I was just so vulnerable at that moment that the mace, that steel, that cold steel in the morning was just like, it was uncomfortable. And I didn't know where to start because I had these hammers and like big sledgehammers and stuff. I was like, I hit stuff, but I didn't know like a 360. I didn't know like when I hold the mace like this, like this can mean something to me. I just felt like this was like over under grip. And I felt like this was a vertical grip. And I felt like this was a lunge. And I was like, ah, Leo doesn't know anything. He's saying anti-rotation. I'm all rotation. Like, this is cool, but it's not for me. Mm. It took like a couple of weeks off. I went back into the level one and I was like, I'm going to do this because I feel like it's one of those things that's making me uncomfortable. And I need to go through that process. And so I literally like went in for like three weeks, super hardcore, did all the hundreds and hundreds of reps uh, every morning or right, every afternoon I was doing 500, 360s. And I was like, this is actually feels really good. And like, yeah. huh, there's joy in this. It's not about what Leo's teaching me. It's about, it's about how he's teaching me and how I'm teaching myself and the communication that's developing from it. 
And at that point, I was like, okay, now I'm going to, I want to test into honors, right? I want to, I want to meet Leo. I want to do the thing where it's like, I feel like this is official stamp of approval that I can, I can do it. Um, even though I felt like I could do some of the basic stuff. And then upon you giving me the download of why you created like the story behind that, I felt like now that everything I was doing with a kettlebell, a rope, a barbell, a dumbbell, a viper, a medicine ball, my exercises and programming in the next last month or two have become uh, like a storybook. Like it's like every part is just another chapter in the book of becoming who I am, but it's not just about me. It's about now seeing other people go through this journey with whatever equipment they're using, or really it's their body. How are they communicating with their body through this equipment? And so I thank you for that. Cause like that, it, I feel like it, it was another little, like I needed an update. I needed a piece that was going to help me move smoother and more intentionally that could provide more depth. And it was like, after the call, my heart was just like, ah. Oh, I felt light and heavy at the same time. I went and, you know, it was like overwhelming. And then I could see other people when they pick up the mace, how vulnerable they were. And like, it was like, Ooh, how do I hold this thing? You know, like it hurts my back, my wrists. And I was like, okay, well, let's, let's work on just ripping and crushing. Let's work on this. And like, you feel your shoulders. How do you feel at the end of this workout? I feel good. Cool. Let's do Let's do something next week. And like, just kind of build upon this story for yourself. And it's not about forcing the mace on somebody, but helping them come to terms with the expression through the piece of equipment and how to carry that over to other pieces. And I've just seen people like starting to smile while they do stuff. And when they can't figure something out, they keep trying versus like, ah, I'm just not going to do it. And it's like, oh, now I feel so much more vulnerable than I did in the very beginning. But that vulnerability now has power. I can choose to be forceful. I can choose to go somewhere that I know and then visit uncharted territory. Mm. Man, that's beautiful, dude. <laughs> thank you, man. Yeah, I really thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'd need a coach who brings emotion into training and says, let's do this. Like Gwek said, dude, let's coil. Fuck anti-rotation. Let's, <laughs> let's rotate as much as we can. And which is really cool that me and David have a ton of respect for each other and for we what each other what we do and we use the oil and water term right <laughs> um yeah um as as a principal i thought um anti-rotation was the language of the barbell and everything that was symmetrical so it just helped create what it is and then of course as you get into level two there's like no we bend the shit out of what we made strong we bend the shit out of the spine and all and in all the ways um yeah, there should be emotional feedback and training how to in how to do it. And, you, you know, it's like, um, it's beautiful. And so that thing when your student doesn't get it right, it goes from being a rep. Like, hey, look, I only said do 100 reps. I know, but I'm trying to get it right. I want it to look <laughs> Yeah. Bro, fuck all that. Let's get vain as fuck. Let's do it, man. Like, you know, all these good vibes only people, fuck that. It's both ways, man. There's some vanity right. in there. It makes you feel good when, not when I'm saying you look physically good in a shirt, but when you moved well and it looked good. Like the biggest, strongest, most round Olympic lifter who's got the gold medal this year. Uh, heavyweight. I don't know what they look like. I didn't watch the Olympics, but I know what the heavyweight weightlifter looked like. And I would say if you walked and saw him walking down the street, you would not say that is a beautiful look at the beauty in that. I don't think you would. 
Um, but when he did his lift and got the gold medal and he went back there and he celebrated, I guarantee you, even though I wasn't there, everybody commended him on his beauty. And I quote, that was beautiful. That lift was beautiful. And um, beauty is important. At the it's highest, the, it's level. the grace and the yeah, like the grace, the ease. I really think it's the ease, really. Like the you make it look easy. You know, see so a skateboarder or a biker, um, mm. rollerblader. I, I use those because that's what I, I kind of grew up with. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Wow, man, I could I could go do that. Look at how easy that is. And you go do it, and you're like, yeah. well, shit. I guess I can't do it. But the next level is oh. I realize this is what it takes to, you have to keep drilling and keep going. And then you start to find mm. almost like you've practiced so much and failed so much that now you're aware of why you failed because like, oh, my toe went that way. Or I looked over there wow. and you're like, oh, I wasn't even aware of how my head turned or how my, my other foot was moving. Mm. And then you start to make those little fine tune adjustments. Like it's okay. You know, you have the steering wheel and the, and the stick and the clutch and the brake and the accelerator. But did you know you have a stereo and Bluetooth and heated seats and air conditioner on your steering wheel? And you have uh, these dope rims that you can change on your car. You can also give it a lift or lower it. Oh, now you have a tint. You have all these cool things. That's like, it makes your car the way you want it to be. But we have this body and these movements yeah. and these neurons that are firing and wiring. And when we can start to pay attention, we now we can modify because we recognize the piece or the thing that can be changed. And I feel like we keep diving that route. Well, that's our, just our DNA and our gene code that like mm. you just keep steering into like, okay, what do I, what do I want to ultimately create? And you know that it takes time, it takes effort, but you're now aware of that process and can recognize and I, I use the state of flow, like you have the challenge and the skill. Where's your skill level? Where's your challenge level? And if your skill level is way higher than your challenge level that you're doing, you're going to be bored or you're just going to leave it. If you're practicing a skill or a challenge that's way too hard, like you're trying to do, a, a, let's say it's your first mace mill, like 360, you know, coming through the middle, let's say you're working just that path, but you don't even know a 360 yet. And you don't even know how the momentum of the head of the mace is traveling or where it goes. It's tough to think about making that fluid, but once you start to become aware of the path of the head and then what your hands are doing, even just the simple twisting and ripping and grabbing the entire time you do it, you go, wait, I can change something. Oh my gosh. I felt ease. Oh my gosh. I just tapped into something that made me smile. That's the, that's that path of joy. Wow. And like to pay attention to it going, oh, what did I do? And then can I recreate that? But then not getting obsessed with recreating that, get obsessed with the path to getting to that point and like that, mm. and then go in all directions, not just straight up and linear, take that into a sphere and go linear points outward and just make your potential bigger. Right. It's like, yeah. how can we help um, or how, how can we guide that process? And I really feel like with courses, like what you've gotten that level one, it sets you up for those little mods, those little pieces to pay attention to that. Once you've practiced it enough, you can now bring facial expressions, change stuff with your fingers, mm. throw an elbow flare, or a little heel kick on purpose. And people are going to be like, wait, was that on purpose or, or unintentional? And you'll know, and you'll yeah. be able to kind of steer that, that site because you know, you've been there. You kind of know what people are paying attention to. And we get obsessed, I think, with that ease and that grace in motion because we, we know how much work has gone into that, you know, and then you can really admire that practice. And you said it. Yeah, with that, you said it. <laughs> like, I, don't <laughs> you I don't know how to cap that, man. <laughs> what do I say from here? Yeah. yeah. No, I think, it's, I think where we go is just it's, it's always about finding the ease. Like, I think we're, we have a lot of dis-ease in the world today, and a lot of it we see 
in movement, in physicality, and we see the dis-ease in somebody's motion, when somebody's forcing something, when somebody uh, may be doing something so well and so powerfully, but they're still getting injured or don't feel good doing it. There's a path that we can recognize there to pull us into ease, that whatever path you take, whatever equipment or tool you use, it's not the tool, it's what the tool teaches us. And then what we can do to teach that tool to other people and even learn from what they're doing with it, right? There's always this trade-off. It's like, I think that's what you shared with me is the mace teaches you something, but then use the mace to teach yourself something. You know, it's, it's like, um, that's the lesson is like, you're the magic. It's not the mace, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but people like to objectify like, um, Hey, I've been doing this really powerful practice, um, steel mace flow. Hey, I've been doing this really powerful course. I went through this course, and I'm a better person because of this course. But or, you, but you really you're working on yourself. I mean, the whole time, and it takes a while for per, for a person who falls in love with the fitness practice to realize that they're the one holding the power in the relationship. That if you took the uh, mace away, or the kettlebell, or the gymnastic rings. It doesn't mean that the person uh, has not, uh, cannot still work on themselves, um, and and that's one of the and that's a particularly good place to be. And I do love it when somebody is a mace person, and they love it, and then they find out how, they can move anything. I can do all this beautiful stuff with my body. I bet you I can do it with that chair. I bet you I can do it with that kettlebell. I bet you I can do something with that barbell. I bet you I can do that in my relationship that I'm having trouble transitioning in or my job. And matter of fact, I'm a master of transition. I transition so well with beauty, with grace, with strength in a way that I get to tap into my emotions. I'm ready. Let's talk about functionally fit, not functional fitness, but functional the whole way. Uh, I've got to go break up with my job. I better train for it. I better get in my emotional sense. And um, yeah, you're the you're the instrument. I do love when people transition from still mace flow and go find their calling. I love it when I'm a bridge uh, for somebody to be free. I've have I have so many students who don't practice mace, CJ. Uh, students of life, Leo, that thing you said, I told, I quit my job. I did it. I moved state. Uh, I told my girlfriend how I really feel, and now we're getting married. Uh, it's great to be a leader uh, and accepted and to have worked hard and created something and, and have people listen. Uh, and But in order to be a leader, you have to have uh, somebody to learn from. And I've consistently uh, challenged my ego uh, to combat by learning from my students. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many masters out there that like created the style and the doctrine and the gospel that it's hard for them to learn anything because of the pecking order. I did realize a long time ago, I have so much to learn in this art because I've only practiced it on me. But as I put it into somebody else's hands and seeing what they've done with it or what the doctor in Belgium's doing with it or what this yoga practice is doing with it, um, yeah, it's, a beaut- it's beautiful, man. To movement yeah seriously to movement <laughs> yeah i i think uh, we're, we're going through this time in in fitness and health and wellness um 
especially right now, just with the circumstances of dealing with a lot of people um, in fear, a lot of people getting sick and just a lot of uncertainties and unknown that people are looking to movement. And I'm not saying like fitness, like not just a, a workout setting, but mm. movement in general, like learning how to either stretch, mobilize, uh, strengthen, maybe heal an injury, or there people are searching out ways to just get some energy out because now they're stuck at home. They're on their computers, they're on Zoom chats, and now their work life is at home and they're they're having trouble finding what the it's almost like the internal dojo too, right? Like your internal sure. dojo can be shown outward. And I mean, obviously I want to ask about your dojo and your space. Um, so I think it's really important for people to, to hear. It's like, what, well, what does that mean? Um, and people are searching out methods that work for them. They don't need to follow a status quo or like, I need to go get my 30 minutes of exercise in each day. I think that's still important, but I think it's shifting to now. I just, I recognize when I'm stuck or I'm feeling stiff that I need to stop ignoring this and um, blaming or victimizing myself, right? And kind of going into this realm of what can I do about it? What can I do about this? Do you, can, somebody else can obviously help me. Maybe I need some, a therapist of some kind or a coach of some kind, a guide of some kind. I need to go on a journey of some kind and find myself, you know? Um, there's a lot more access, I think, nowadays, but there's so much that people don't know where to navigate. And it, I think it really starts with putting something in your hands. Like I say, like put mace in hands, right? You put it in your hands and like you immediately have an experience. And if you can come to terms with that experience, like we've said, vulnerability and just recognizing like, wow, I don't feel safe holding this thing mm. or wow, I feel strong holding this or wow, I just want to like yeah. hit something I and feel. break something. I, yeah, That's I feel, the big word. <laughs> I feel, I feel. Yeah, if what, you feel it, you know it, right? You feel yeah. it, you start to know it, but then you feel it harder and deeper. You start to cry when you're swinging the mace, you start to yell. Like Talk this is like that. That's Talk the real shit, that. right? That's some real shit, man. So the scientific method is not proving your model wrong or right. It's proving your model wrong. And so I have made a valiant effort in proving my shit wrong. But no matter what I do, no matter who I am in the world, or if I say something controversial, um, my students still cry when they swing mace. My students still express themselves uh, when they swing mace and, uh, they find the same moves as me, CJ. It's crazy. Like, that they works. found the same path. Like somebody will hit me up. Leo, this move has never been done before. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh no, I did that. Like eight years ago. Here's the video. I'm better than you. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I just, I, that, yeah. Yeah. I always say I, there was a time there, there was that time for me. And I think that's something most create our creators go through, is um, trying to hold on to their baby, and uh, uh, causes the ego to roar like a horrible fire from hell. Yeah, <laughs> and, man. Uh, I've discovered this. You haven't discovered this. But, I did. You, you know, yeah. celebrating with them and doing it with them and letting them have a you know the piece of the pie and um, you know sharing the experience. I, in the, I don't know who says this, but you stand on the shoulders of giants and you'll, you'll continue to rise together. Um, I think I added that second part on there, but that's just how I see it. It's like, okay, Leo set the stage. Now he's taken me through a path that I don't need to go discover for myself in the sense of all these pieces and layers and put it into a course. Yeah. What he's done is help give me checkpoints. 
like, oh, I've recognized I got a checkpoint, like there's a there, I have a name for it or an emotion with that, but how does it mean something to me? And now I can stand on your shoulders and see over, right? I can see that space, not to say better or it, it's just different. I can stand on your shoulders and then basically I can take what I've learned from you, explore that. And then now I can share that with somebody else and hopefully somebody stands on my shoulders and we just keep seeing higher and higher space, but we're not necessarily competing to see the highest space. We just know that we need each other to see that higher space. And that yeah. if I can stand on your shoulders and you can stand on somebody else's shoulders, that some, that person who is swinging the sledgehammer with one hand that inspired you, let's say, to go put a hammer in your hands. Well, you just stood on his shoulders for a second of like, that was yeah. a path and that just continues path. to go, but we need to accept that. And it's tough too, because as a creator, you want to, you want to be the one that kind of gets the credit for it, but knowing that, well, shit, if I can create, somebody else can create, but mm. If I get caught up in like, they're going to create something before me, now it becomes a competition with them versus like that original message, which was just to feel good and to like yeah. explore and to express better for you specifically. And I think that's what we're all doing is um, understanding that we are standing on each other's shoulders and at different points, you got to stand on my shoulders. I got to stand on somebody else's shoulders. Somebody else going to stand on somebody else's shoulders. And at some point we can all see at this higher place going, oh, look what we were looking at before. And we're setting the stage for something larger than ourselves. You, you, you really said it, you know, with um, this old fight mentality. If you're the uh, strongest in the gym, you're in the wrong gym. You need to go train at a gym where there's stronger people. And, you know, Mace communities, they really haven't clicked well. <laughs> Tell me more. I don't know about, about this. Yeah, the Mace communities haven't clicked well. Um, the traditional people at one time didn't like the flow people. And, um, you know, they just never seen anything like it before and were very stuck in their ways. Um, you know, times change and we're tolerating people. Uh, and because there are different Mace factions, there is competition. And it's raised the bar for both sides. It's healthy. There's competition. Um, there's competition from outside. It's going to happen. So if I don't train for that, CJ, what's going to happen to me when my competition, welcome to America, uh, calls your shit something else? Right? Like feelings get hurt. So you should train in the emotion. Check this out. Uh, my goal for a while, for quite a while, was to not be the best. I don't want to be the best. All right. I want one of my students to kick my ass in the ultimate mace competition. So our steel mace flow level two system gives away the bigger checkpoints in what I'm doing when I flow to teach you your own checkpoints. Um, CJ, we have hundreds of level two students and we have 14 graduated students. 14 men and women have finished their final exam, their final test. Some people find what they were looking for in the work. And I've had friends who have, are my students and said, you know, hey, if I don't complete this work, um, it's because I found what I'm looking for. I found, I found the thing. And, but there is this other thing. It's hard. It's difficult. But this evolution is happening, CJ. I just tested a guy I've known for a while. This guy's hard, man. He's fucking hard as fuck. He's got a hard job. He's a man. His Instagram name is Violent. 
and he carries a gun. I mean, the mother he's a fucking, you know, kicks doors down. He did this flow yesterday, his test, that brought the room to tears. And I'm sitting there going, you might be better than me. I've created the thing at one time I was worried about that was injuring me, competition from the outside. Now I've got 14 Steel Mace Flow Level 2 students. They're as good as me. You know, on some days, CJ, they're better than me. And so I created the thing, the, the demon. Uh, I've created the thing, uh, the conflict, but I've created it in this comforting way. You know, the devil on your shoulders giving, telling you something for you to make the decision you want to make. And so it's nice to have both opinions or that in your own house. Uh, and, and so there's my level now, CJ. I need to get better. I need to create another masterpiece of flow so I can keep up and learn from and grow with my students. Uh, and yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So there's the competition outside. Don't do that. That type of competition's bad. Well, you could probably use it internally, create your own competition. And if you compete with everybody in this friend zone, when somebody comes at you from the outside zone of ego and attack, you just kind of treat it like a friendly exchange. They might be saying the worst thing in the world to you online and you read it as like a compliment because you're so used to uh, being friends with your um, competitors. Mm. Yeah. What's, where's Steel Mace Flow going, Leo? Where do you see it? Yeah, Steel Mace Flow is changing the world of fitness, the consciousness of fitness. Strength training is not just arms and legs and moving weight, but strength training is the heart and the soul and the spirit. Steel Mace Flow connects all of those worlds. It's truly the Jit Kune Do of fitness. We, it's all in there. And we're lucky. We, our tool kind of looks like a barbell. It swings kind of like a kettlebell, like an Indian club. You move your spine like you're swinging a rope. It's all there. And um, where's it going to go? Uh, for me, it's the future uh, of, of fitness. And not everybody's future. Definitely not everybody's future. If you look at the metrics, still, still Mace is the smallest, smallest, smallest part of uh, fitness you look at mental health it's the smallest 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 part of mental health but motherfucker I got two slices of pie and those pies will grow and grow and grow until they can form their own table yeah, my job here is to introduce people to flow in their lives to grow still may flow as a business there's not a level three there's a still may flow level one and level two I I'm not entirely truthful. In uh, jiu-jitsu, you get your black belt. Uh, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you get your black belt when you have done a great deed of service, when you have applied enough. There's not a date. You know, it's not like karate where, no disrespect, you sign up on the, in 99, you graduate in 2000 floor on October 13th. If you come to all your classes, you'll be a black belt. Um, 
back in the days when you got your black belt, nobody knew how long it was going to take. It was the journey you committed yourself to, and you were happy. It took you 13 years to get your black belt in karate. You were so happy. You met somebody who got their black belt in 10 years, you were like, oh, you didn't train hard enough, man. <laughs> took me five years to get my white belt. Um, so, yeah, the uh, I have a level three program award, the black belt that I'm going to give to my students who have done great things with it. Who knows what those people will be, but it won't cost anything. I'm done writing money-making education programs on Steel Maze Flow. I've created a foundation. I've created the language of Steel Maze Flow, a way to communicate intricate, intricate movement, how to coach it, how to teach somebody on their very first day um, still may flow's light speed. It's not, um, it's not dial up. It's the fucking fastest Wi-Fi in the world. Uh, when somebody comes to me and I'm at the park and I'm doing the beautiful stuff and they say, Leo, I want to do what you're doing. There's no way in hell I'm going to have them do ballistic curls and resonate tension. I'm going to teach them the exact fucking flow I'm doing because I am the world's best coach. Not that I'm better than you, I'm not competing with you, but my students deserve the best coach, so therefore, I am the best. And I can teach you anything you want to learn today. I don't give a fuck what disability, I don't give a fuck what you see with your eyes closed, I don't even use mine half of the time. I'll teach you anything you want to today. I'll give you that expression of fitness, that light speed. You know, fuck the basics. I don't, I don't want the basics anymore. I get it, the basics are important. But I want to get to that light speed shit. If I can teach you the basics and the light speed shit, I've done my, I've done a great job. Um, the future of Still Maze Flow is uh, led by its students. Uh, you know, uh, I've done my work, and it's at this point of um, mentoring. Uh, you know, mace people, non-mace people, and. Um, yeah, now it's uh, it's about legacy. The um, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed to have found the thing that my brain identifies with at a genius level. I'm not a smart man. Have you ever seen me type uh, like on Instagram? It's it's bad, you know. <laughs> so, but I found the thing that my body my body loves. I found my purpose. I found the way to help out humanity. And so now, what's the next step? What what do you do after you find your purpose? You create a legacy. And so the journey now is to um, seal that legacy. And when I leave this earth, I want people to go, that guy uh, was a Mozart of what he did and how he did it. I wasn't the first person to swing mace. That's what I did with it. It's not when I started. It's what, I, what I've done with it, the community, the, the people, the way that I've opened up the door for people to express themselves at whatever level, not my level, their level. And uh, a scary, scary thing for me, a big challenge for me is coming up for Steel Mace Flow, the story of Steel Mace Flow, the paperback, hardback edition, I don't know. I'm going to write a book on the story of Steel Mace Flow. Uh, it is no secret, I do not have any kids. I have a wonderful French bulldog, but Steel Mace Flow is my baby it's my baby mm. and the story needs to go on yes the way that people remember it 
and the and the way that it's told by my coaches and their lineage but I would like people to know uh, the entirety of why I made my decisions and it's scary to um, go through some of the stories that I've moved through and let go of um, because I know if you're my student and you're out there and you wear short shorts and you swing a mace and you express yourself in the same way that I do, you're going to have a lot of the same problems. And so if I can put that information out there like a responsible leader or coach, uh, that's the journey. So that's it. Steel Mace Flow. I appreciate you putting your, uh, your heart out there, man. I feel it. I feel you. You're always in my head and in my heart when I'm throwing the mace around and really other pieces too. Um, and that's, that's a sign of an amazing coach. Um, somebody who can, who can have that voice that's not there physically, but always in there kind of in this, this ether or this collective. Um, and it, it really does come from doing the reps, putting in the work and doing the hard work, right? Doing the, the journaling, the expressive work, the sharing and, uh, and putting yourself out there. I think that's what it's what it's really about, and so that other people can see that we're not all just doing dealing with stuff on our own. There's other people yeah. dealing with stuff too, and I, I think that's what I love most about the mace is that it's gotten me to those tipping points of extreme laughter and joy, and to like depressive anger, and it's not, I mean it's beyond the anger and frustration. It's to the point of like I don't even want to do this. I just want to set this thing down and hold on to the mace. Um, and so it's taken me to ends of the spectrum, and I know it has with every person that's kind of gone some distance and I know I haven't gone the, the marathon distance, um, but kind of just beginning and, and I'm really excited um, and nervous <laughs> uh, for that journey. But I think that's, that's life is to be in that hey. vulnerable, vulnerable place and establish your place of power and establish your place of, I feel safe and I'm going to allow myself to be, be vulnerable here. And um, it comes down to all the coaches that have, have come out of this program and, and even the coaches that they've, they've gone out and touched other people's lives that they share that their practice. And like you said, it doesn't have to be in the mace. It could be that moment that the mace taught you something or reminded you of something that let something out. And you're like, Oh, that's why I'm doing this. Or that's how I'm doing this. And I think that's what inspires other people to go take action and to share with others too. So I'm very appreciative. I'm super grateful. Um, and this certainly won't be the last conversation we have. I'm excited to hopefully learn more before the, before the uh, official steel mace flow book, comes out, give people little hints and, and uh, chapters out of that book so they can hear you That'll say it out loud. It'll be years. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's my five-year plan. Uh, yeah, and then I, I'm going to come visit you, man. I know we talked about yeah. uh, coming out there to teach some mace education, so I can't wait, man. We have a flow to. Exciting to, stuff uh, coming. To. Yeah. How can people find you, brother? How can people uh, reach out to you? Yeah, so you guys can find me at Leo Savage SMF on Instagram uh, or stillmaceflow.com. And, uh, you know, we do some traveling. I'll be in New Jersey and Miami in October. Um, I, I just got, uh, I guess I can let the cat out of the bag. Uh, on it booked me for an education in January. So I am fucking Congrats, so pumped man. that uh, they're having me back. Um even though I work for on it in my own unique way, I have a very unique job for uh, with on it. Uh, I'm still tickled when they book me, man. I am talking still <laughs> tickled. It's still it's cool. But uh, yeah, so I'll be uh, traveling and teaching, which, uh, you know, I'm so blessed to 
be able to do. I'm so thankful to be able to get back there and uh, give out certifications and collect hugs. Man, yeah, nothing, nothing like your uh, your IG page. It's very inspiring, empowering, and um, expressive. Thanks, I think that's the most important thing is you, you're yourself out there. You smile, you cry, you laugh, yeah. you talk yeah. shit a little bit. You invite others that. to talk shit as well. It's I, it's yeah. uh it's a very uh, fun space to be. So I encourage everybody to go follow you on there. Good, thanks. <laughs> Cool, man. We'll chat soon. Uh, definitely be on the lookout for, for when Leo Savage is coming to slow town in the near future. All right, brother. Thank Until you. Until next time, y'all. Yeah. Great to have you on. Peace out, y'all. Enjoy and go flow on. Hey, y'all. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your fitness obsessed friends and peers who are also navigating this world of fitness and trying to succeed to the trends and misinformation. As you guys can see, this podcast is basically a masterclass for trainers wanting to level up in their coaching skills and their fitness business model. Relaunches in 2020 because you and your fitness tribe deserve to see an unfiltered look at all the aspects of what it takes to stand out as a next generation coach and build a successful fitness business. So share it far and wide. And please, when you do, do me a favor, take a screenshot of this screen and share it to your social media accounts and use the hashtag Gymnazo Podcast. That's hashtag Gymnazo Podcast. That way we can see you and share your post with our audience. And finally, when you're ready to go to the next level as a coach or in your business and to reach more people, please go check out gymnazoedu.com. We have put together the best 90-day coaching program on the market for trainers wanting to become a masterful practitioner and build a business that gives them the freedom and impact. So let us help you do just that. We have online training and one-on-one coaching to guide you through a full 90-day certification. We even get you training our clients live because it's always better to work out your kinks on someone else's clients than yours. But we promise you this, your clients will be blown away by the transformation our program will help you make. You'll be masterful at a whole new level and part of an incredible community of coaches worldwide taking their skills to the next level. So if you thought today's episode had some fire to it and inspired you to take action, wait until you see what we deliver on this program. So just go to gymnazoedu.com and we'll see you on the other side. Remember that turning your passion for fitness into transformation and sustainable business is critical to reaching the people and lives you were put on earth to help. It matters and truly can make an impact in other people's lives. So I hope you do that. Keep sharing your passion and we'll talk to you soon.